Hey, everybody. Grab your pencil, your journal, your Bible, and even a cup of coffee and join in on the conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. 1 Chronicles 17, verses 19 through 22. O Lord, for your servant's sake and according to your own heart, you have wrought all this greatness to make known all these great things. O Lord, there is none like you, nor is there any God besides you, according to all that we have heard with our ears. And what one nation in the earth is like your people Israel, whom God went to redeem for himself as a people to make you a name by great and terrible things, and driving out nations from before your people, whom you redeemed out of Egypt. For your people Israel, you made your own people forever, and you, O Lord, became their God. Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara. I am Dot's daughter, and every week we sit down together and we talk through truths and scripture. And I'm actually sitting on my back porch recording this episode, so if you hear some background noise, you know why. But in this episode, we've gone back to our Bible reading and we are diving into First and Second Chronicles, which really we are just talking about David, which you know I love me some David. And we are talking about a prayer that he prays in First Chronicles. And we really see the posture of his heart in this prayer. We see how he is just asking the Lord, like, who am I that you would use me? And his heart and posture of humility and acknowledging that how amazing it is that the Lord uses us. And my mom talks about a personal story and really it's just a reminder that our life has meaning and no matter where you are in your life, what season you're in, no matter what is going on in your life, the Lord can use you and he wants to use you. So we are really glad that you're here. We would love for you to pull up a chair and join in the conversation. Hey, Kara. Hello, mother. (laughs) Well, okay. Hello, daughter, and hello, everybody that's joining in on our conversation. I'm so glad that you're here, and I'm very happy that I'm Kara's mom, and I'm very thankful (laughs) we're having this conversation. I'm thankful you're my mom, too. Oh, good. Okay, Kara, bear with me just a little bit, but I just needed to do a little bit of a background about First and Second Chronicles, because— Okay, does this mean that you're going into teaching mode? Yes, and it also means it's going to give you a little background of First and Second Chronicles because when you start to read it, which I don't know, are you in First nope, and Second? Nope, sure not. Okay. <laughs> I'm well, still in Kings. <laughs> okay. You love Kings. Well, the good thing is this, <laughs> is that First and Second Chronicles, is uh, it covers the same uh, period of Jewish history that is described in Second Samuel and Second Kings. Well, and First Samuel and First Kings? Yes, well, basically, mostly in Second Samuel and Second Kings. What about First Kings? Well, no, not so much. Would you let me talk? <laughs> <laughs> How am I going to teach if you are going to keep interrupting me? Okay. okay. Like, Continue. Okay, thank you. When I say join in on the conversation, that's not exactly what I mean. But anyway, so okay, so Second Samuel and Second Kings. It is the same. Uh, period of time about the Jewish history, but it has a different perspective. First and Second Chronicles does. Uh, the books, you know, kind of repeat the same material, but while Second Samuel and First and Second Kings get they give a political history of Israel and Judah, First and Second Chronicles presents a religious history of the uh, Davidic dynasty of Judah. So I think that is very interesting because 
you're going to see much more information, more about the temple and about Israel's worship and those kind of things. So the first Chronicles begins with the royal line of David and then traces the spiritual significance of David's reign. But I just I thought it was so interesting because the theme in First and Second Chronicles really is about proper worship and uh, of the of the true and one and only God, and it and it really does talk about Israel and being God's people, and I I just found that a little bit interesting. So you're saying First and Second Kings, yes, are very similar. That there's so they're similar to each other. Well, no, what I'm saying is that um, First and Second Kings has a lot of the same information in First uh, and Second Chronicles. They have, if you almost will think that it's repeating itself, and it is, it's a lot of it's repeating. The theme is different, but it has a different feel. It's more about worship. It's more about seeing Israel as a nation that is... Which one is... Second, first, and second chronicles. Chronicles is more about the worship. Yes, and but we see that God has chosen Israel. We know that God has uh, placed David as you know the king uh, over uh, Israel. But we see more bent toward the historical th- uh, theme in first and second kings in first and second samuel got it but today we're going to talk about the more of the spiritual part and you know as you're reading and what we're talking about is that in this podcast our recordings are not about every single chapter and every verse but we kind of just grab hold of something that maybe god has uh, gotten our attention and that's kind of what this is today because it's really about david praying and you know I love me some David. Yes, so you do. You have such a crush on him. Yes. <laughs> yes, you have a crush on David, and you're really going to have a crush on him today because it is just such an a, a new, in my mind, it's just such a different perspective about David because we know that David was king. We know that uh, the Israelites, the Jewish people, considered David their greatest king. And even though he wasn't their first, he was uh, after Saul, but... To the Jewish people, David is definitely, you know, one of their famous, greatest, biggest kings. And Mm -hmm. so I was reading about David, and I came across this prayer. And it's Mm -hmm. right at the very beginning. It's 1 Chronicles in chapter 17. And in verse 16, it says, And then David the king went in and sat before the Lord and said, Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house? that you have brought me thus far. And I just had to stop there for a minute because up until this point, this is unusual for a posture of prayer being talked about in the Old Testament. And what I'm saying, because you're looking at me like, what are you talking about? (laughs) In the Old Testament, there was, you know, talking about prayer, you would kneel or you would stand before God. Or you would prostrate yourself before God. Or wouldn't like someone else would pray, like the, the Levites or the, the prophet priest. or mm-hmm. the priest. Yes, it would it, and, it, there's know, a little bit more hierarchy, maybe. I mean, obviously the Levites and the you know were really the high priest, you know, they, they really the more, prophets, they had this image or this job or role as being able to go before God and pray for the people. 
But David is sitting before God. And I just love that because he was like lingering. It was like David went to talk to God. And it was just like he was sitting there. And, you know, we don't really think that much about that today because like when I go often and I go and pray or I get on my knees, I just sit there for a minute and think, God, I just need to keep my focus or I need to have my focus on you. But in First Chronicles, where it says David went in and sat before the Lord, that was unusual because like you said, often it was the high priest or it was the prophets they would hear from God. But it was just so sweet because I'm seeing David in a whole different light. I know you don't need any more encouragement about David, but no. but our houses will be next to each other in heaven. Yes, that's right. You and <laughs> David and Bathsheba. But anyway, and so as I, as I was thinking about this, is that David is sitting before the Lord, and in his presence, he was reminded of how big and great God is, and he was also reminded of. He did nothing to put himself in this position. He was just a little shepherd boy. I know, a sweet little man. Yeah, and I think just his humbleness, because mm-hmm. he says, who am I, oh Lord? What is my house? like?" And, and, you know, he realizes that God has given him promises that, you know, in his house, his son would reign, and that, you know, as we've talked often, that... There would always be a king sitting on the throne in the tribe of David, in in the line Mm -hmm. of David, not the tribe of David, but in the line of David. And because Jesus came from, you know, the genealogy, David, there is always a king sitting on the throne. And so, but David, of course, doesn't know that at this point. What he's realizing is, who am I that you've done this for me? Like, I'm just, I was just a little shepherd boy. And I just, find that this is so amazing because David at the point was a king and he was facing some really strong battles. He was literally about to, you know, face the Babylonians and, you Mm -hmm. know, he, he had to fight a lot of people and he knew that his hope and he knew that God had put him as king, but he didn't feel as king. And, you know, as I was, you know, looking through these passages, Kara, I just thought, you know, just wanted to sit there for a minute because we often, and this is what I want us to talk about. That's a lot to start introduction, but here's what I, what I was thinking about. You know, we just recently went to the Kerygma Summit. So we just went there and we heard Christine Kane. And Christine Kane was just amazing. I mean, you know, I love her. There was this heart, this really uh, heart humbleness. You know, they're all doctors on the you know, platform. And she said, mm-hmm. I don't have a P, I don't have an H, and I don't have a D. And she said, I don't know why I'm here talking to you other than to make yourself feel better about yourself, you know, because right. I'm not a Which, doctor. And for those listening, the Kerygma Summit was a theological summit of sorts that my mom and I, that we attended not too long ago. Yes. So it was very... Um, Intense. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, you could get seminary credit for it. We did not, but mm-hmm. you know, that kind of feel, it wasn't just a feel good conference. Um, no. It was very yes, academic. Diving into, yes, diving into um, Bible in a theological and academic way. Yeah. And, and so I came home and I slept 12 hours. I mean, every <laughs> I brain cell. Go, I, I didn't even go to half of it because I, 
I was yeah. tired. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't miss one hour of it, but I can tell you all my brain cells were gone. And I was like, came home and I'm like, I don't even think I can think again. I don't even know my name. Mm-hmm. But it was amazing. But what I was going to say is that, you know, Christine Kane talked and just her way of being able to say, you know, I don't really know why I'm on the platform. You know, I don't have a P. I don't have an H. I don't have a D. I guess I'm just here to make you feel better about yourself. And, you know, she made joke of it because she was going to leave there and go speak to 65,000 high school students, I believe it was. And they talked about all the different countries and all the different people that she would speak to over the year and past years. And, you know, I mean, she was definitely not bragging about herself, but, you know, they Mm-mm. they did mention that, you know. And, of course, Lisa Harper, could I love her anymore? I mean, she's just who she is, and she was very transparent. She was very open to her struggles as a speaker and some of the things that she was going to, and she was getting her doctors and how hard it was, you know, for her to be in school. So it wasn't at all that they lifted themselves up. It wasn't that they didn't, you know, say often that, you know, it's not really about knowledge. It's about your love for the Lord. But I left there, Karen. I don't think I've even told you this. So this is crazy that I'm saying this right here on this recording. But I got up early Monday morning, as I always do, went into my study, got down on my knees, and I thought, God, who am I? I mean, like, like who, who am I? Like, Nobody knows my name. I don't have a P. I don't have an H. I don't have a D. You know, I, I don't. I don't even have my master's. You know, I had to pause that for a little bit. But you know, I was just, you know, really struggling. And while I was on my knees and I was praying, I had this had this idea, and this thought came in my mind. This picture came in my mind. And often, you know, I get away a lot. And you know that. And you know how I love Cayman. And I sit there on the beach, and we'll look, and I'll see these huge cruise ships. And we're always just amazed. How's that stay in the water? I will you know? never understand how a cruise ship floats on the water. I don't yep. care what you tell me about buoyancy and physics or whatever it is. But Well, you can rest assured I won't be telling you any of that. But if your, dad, <laughs> if your dad tells you there. And I know. You, it, it's so simple to mm-hmm. anyone who understands it. And anyway. Yeah. But anyway, so I you know, often would sit there, and we're always amazed at it. And then, you know, sometimes we'll get in the boat and we'll, you know, ride around. And I will see in this huge, big ocean, it just seems like you're just going to, you know, go so far and fall off somewhere. It's just huge. All you can see is water. And there would be this tiny, tiny boat. And so often I say, Howard, I would hate to be that tiny boat in this big ocean. And he would say, oh, they're fishermen. They're here to catch fish mm-hmm. for um, the restaurants and for mm-hmm. the people in the island. And so on this Monday, I was down on my knees. I thought about the cruise ships. And I thought, you know, they come in. It's all fun. It's, you know, they're, they're not really a part of Cayman. They're just really coming in. It's just, you know, all excitement. It's a lot of uh, entertainment and stuff. But that little boat and this big fish, they're feeding the people. And it was as if God was saying, do you want to be a cruise ship? Or do you want to be this little boat 
and feed my people. And I remember, you know, when Jesus was um, raised from the dead and he went to talk with the disciples and he said, Peter, do you love me after Peter had fallen? And he said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. And I, I, I just knew at that moment that God was saying, don't look around. Don't look at what platform that I have provided for Lisa Harper and for Christine Kane. Don't compare yourself. Just be obedient to what I've called you to do. And so I was already in that posture or that, you know, mindset when I came across and read that prayer that David said, who am I? And and David knew that he was just this little guy and that God had chosen him Mm -hmm. to be king. Yeah. And I think there's a difference in the posture of you can ask, like, who am I and get down yourself and which sounds like kind of a little bit how you were feeling. It's like, I think it's kind of cool, like you, it, and I don't want to speak for you, but it seems like you kind of went into the prayer feeling this, like, who am I? Like, I'm nobody. I can't, you know, I don't have this or, you know, this platform or no one knows my, you know, like, who am I to do this? But then shifting it to God in this like, wait, who am I that God uses me? Which mm-hmm. I think there's a very, there's a difference. Like I think Huge one shift. is, I think there's one is, you know, pride and one is humility. Mm-hmm. And I think we can, a lot of times, yeah, I feel sorry for ourselves. It's like, oh, we, you know, like who am I that God would, you know, would want to use me or do this or that. And it, it's not really humility. It's more like you're beating down yourself <laughs> versus. Well, Yes, it's pride. And I'm not saying you. I'm not. Oh, I'm no, just I was. Saying us I in was. No, I was right there. I had to repent. So I just think it's like, you know, like you can, we can ask that question of like, who am I, God? And our postures can be different. And, you know, God taking the posture of, you know, who am I? I'm feeling sorry for yourself or feeling like you can't do it or feeling like you're not equipped or I don't know, you know, whatever it is. Then, then taking it and and God shifting it to, wait, who am I that God is going to use me or God is going to, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, allow me to feed his sheep, which it sounds like I think that's how David was, mm-hmm. was like, oh, my gosh, like, who am I like that you have done all this? Well, here's the deal. There's one that's looking at yourself and comparing yourself to the other. The other one is looking at God. And that was the difference. It's like all of a sudden— I realized, and God had already, you know, lovingly knew that I wasn't, you know, upset. I'm so thankful for the platform that Lisa and and Christian had. It wasn't any of that. But before I was going to slip down into this, woe is me, I'm nobody. Right. God showed me this boat. Like, what do you you want? What do you want to feed my people? Or you want to just, you know, have this uh, fun ministry that, you know, doesn't really produce anything that's of value that you're not feeding mm-hmm. the people, you're not giving them something that's going to right. be nourishment and you know save their lives. But here's here's the difference, Kara, is that I feel like that God was saying, like as I was reading about David, David's like, who am I? He was comparing himself to God, like God, who am I that you, like you said, that you would use me, that you would choose me, right? And I think that that's what we real. That's where it's getting back. Like before, it was like. Look at their platform. They're making such an impact. Which, and I do think another important aspect of that, too, is to not look at 
cruise ships and assume that they're wrong. You know, like, because some, mm-hmm. there are some things that maybe God has called to be a cruise ship. I'm using that term. Well, you know, to use. Yeah, like, it's not. She's and real. So I think that's another part of it where mm-hmm. it's keeping, it's like, this is what God, like, God has called you, Dot mm-hmm. Bowen, to mm-hmm. feed his, you know, be in that boat to feed his people, and he may call someone else to be at cruise mm-hmm. ship. That doesn't mean that you just, like, they're, they're not, no one, there's no less saying. It's like, it reminds me of what that chapter in John that you referenced, John 22, I think, when Peter denies him. And, mm-hmm. you know, Peter's like, well, what about John? And mm-hmm. Jesus is mm-hmm. like, don't worry about John, mm-hmm. you know? Yes, you, and that's. And that's part of it, like comparing, and we and we do. We so compare ourselves, and we think we don't make that we don't make a difference because we're not big cruise ships. And and you're right. I'm definitely is not. I am not saying that big platforms are bad at all. Right. That's why I was talking about Kristen Kane because she's real, and mm-hmm. you know she starts out like, why am I even on this platform? I mean, she was not in any. Uh, imagination there was no way that she ever implied that she thought she was something greater that but she has a big platform and god has chosen her for that platform so lisa has a big platform i love lisa it's not a bad thing but i was just it was just reminding me that what i'm to do is to be faithful for what god's called me to do and right. if he uses me to one or if he uses me to a hundred thousand and he uses me. That that's mm-hmm. that's really up to God. And I I love this because David is just continually saying, God, it is you. There is no one like our God. You have chosen us. You have chosen the Israelites. You have chosen these people to be your God. And and we don't understand. We don't. We're just a small little mm-hmm. group of Jewish people over here. And I just find that. It was just so comforting to me because mm-hmm. I think that for me, Kara, is that it was more about it's not what you do. It's the fact that God's chosen you to do whatever He has for you. I, th- I think that's huge. And, and you know, for many years, for many, many years, and you've heard me say this a thousand times, I never wanted to be on stage. I never wanted to be in ministry. This I just wanted to be married and have babies. And I just always felt very called to just be home with my children and to to have a relationship with them that I would teach them what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Like that was the only platform for many years that I thought that I had. I have friends. I have people that would come in my life. And if they wanted to go and have Coffee, I would go and have coffee with them, and I would share with them what God's doing in, in my life. Sometimes I would have a neighborhood Bible study. Like it, it was just never a thought in my mind that, oh, I need to start a ministry or I need to do this. But as I look back in my life, it's as if God has been using me all along. And I don't know why, other than He has just done so much in my life that I really right now I just cannot not tell it. I cannot yeah. talk about it. But it's not about that. Not about being just these big platforms. Nothing's wrong with them. Praise the Lord if you do have a plat- big platform. But there's someone in your life right now that needs to hear that there is a great God, and that God has a plan 
for our lives and a purpose for our lives. And I, I, I think that's huge. I love how in the next verse, like David's basically saying, who am I, mm-hmm. you know, that you've brought me this far. And then he says, and this was a small thing for you. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that too. It's like, also, it's just acknowledging his greatness, you know, mm-hmm. like this was so, like you've done like what we consider to be this huge thing. Mm-hmm. It's nothing to God because God can, he's so yeah, much bigger yeah. than anything mm-hmm. that we can imagine. And I, I love that. Yeah, I love that David pointed that out. I mean, I love David. Yeah, of course you did. But what a great principle. Just to be able to acknowledge that and having that posture. Like, I know for me, I I need to be more, like, I'm aware of how big God is, but I think mm-hmm. saying it like, God, you've brought me this far and not, like, it's a huge thing, but this wasn't even, this was easy for you. This mm-hmm. was a small thing mm-hmm. for you. And, and I love that because that, helps us to be humble when we begin to see how great God is. And this is, you know, like we think to be uh, chosen the king of Israel. I mean, that is a big thing. Or to be able to say, forever, I'm going to have someone from the line of David, from you, David, that will sit on your throne. I mean, that's huge. That's like, that's going on up there to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and But, of course, David didn't know that at the time. But right. I just think it's huge. It's- yeah, like I need to be reminded that nothing is hard for God. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing that is too hard or there's nothing that is impossible for him. So I think that's why I love that David said that is because it's like, the, it's a great thing. It's not small in terms of greatness. It's small in terms of this was not hard for you. You know, it was not yes. hard for the mm-hmm. Lord to bring David into his kingship and to for David to be a part of Jesus's line. That was easy for God. He was like that. Mm-hmm. He did that, you know. In his non-existent sleep. <laughs> exactly. And then also, care if you go to verse 26, it says, Now, O Lord, you are God and have promised this good thing to your servant. Like David is like, God, not only are you big and you can do whatever you want to do, and not, you know, this like making me king is nothing. Building me a house so that I can go and worship you, you know, that's nothing. And but I just I love the fact that he says, "You are faithful to your word. You're faithful to your promises." And I think so often, you know, we we do get caught up into ourselves. And like you said, like I need to be reminded that God is great. And what that is is basically, I just got to get my mind off myself. We feel so limited. We feel so helpless at times. Yeah, like, and I think sometimes it seems like because I. I choose to believe, and I don't always see it, but I choose to believe that God is working behind the scenes. So sometimes when we're waiting, it can, at least for me, it can seem like, okay, God, like, are you having are you having a hard time? <laughs> Do you need my help? Yeah, yeah. When in all reality, he's just orchestrating and it's like, no, nothing is, nothing is impossible for him. And it's right. like, I know that in my head, but, you know, I just, I need to be reminded of it mm-hmm. daily. And I think one of the things of being reminded of David, really, he directs our our eyes to the Lord. You know, I, I think, you know, again, going and sitting before God and realizing I get to go into the presence of a, a huge, big, great God, and look what He's done for me, and He's very faithful to His promises. And I love the fact that David wanted God to get all the glory. So it was like your name to be magnified. So, you know, it's just so many, so much of these principles of being able to, First, go and sit before God and 
be aware of the magnitude or be aware that you get to go into the presence of a huge holy God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, that alone should remind us that we're nobody unless we have God, that, you know, that God is what makes us who we are. But also that this great God is very faithful to his promises. And for whatever reason, he wants to use his children. He wants to work through his children to glorify his name and to share everything that he wants to teach us his truth and about who he is. He wants us to share it with other people. And I think that, you know, it's just a reminder for me that it's really not about my platform. It's about what God does and what God wants to do in and through us. And, you know, like like you were saying, David said, this isn't anything. This is no big deal. And so often we think, well, if God uses me to encourage someone today, that's no big thing. But it really is. If that's what God has asked you to do and you're being faithful to it, that's a big deal. Obedience is a big deal. And doing what God's asked you to do, that's a big deal. So whatever that is, and I just thought, you know, as I, you know, had those moments on Monday, I do feel like God was, you know, loving me by saying, you might be a little boat, but you still can feed. You can, you know, not you, not me personally. I don't have anything that I can offer anyone, but I'll use you and I'll allow you to feed my people. And I think that that kind of brings a little bit of a, a meaning and some, and some significance into our lives. It's just not, you know, about us. And I, I just thought that this was great. I think David says, you know, it took courage. He said, I, I've got courage to come before you. And I think that that's true. I think that's something for us to, to realize is that, you know, sometimes it just takes a little bit of courage to trust God for him to do whatever he wants to do in our lives. I just think we're so caught up in ourselves and we're just either think we're too much of ourselves or not enough about ourselves. But, you know, Kara, do you think that one of the things that you see so often in the world today is people wandering around and wondering if their life matters? Yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, as I was reading that, I thought our life does matter. And God does have a plan for our lives, and He has a purpose for our lives, and it's and it's just whatever He wants. I just I just think if we just were to go and sit before God and say, God, You are great, You are mighty, You're strong, You are so big, and You're faithful to everything that You've You've said You would do in and through us. So here I am. What would You like to do in and through me? And I do believe with all of my heart that whatever God does want to do in and through us, that it will splash out on the people around us. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, DotBowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen. 